Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have two very special guests. We have writer-director Andrew Trauke and Teresa Leanne from the movie The Reef Stalked, which is coming out tomorrow, July 29th, in select theaters, let's see, select theaters, digital, video on demand, and streaming on Shutter. I think you guys have everything covered. That's a nice release right there. Welcome to the both of you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It is a yeah, great. Thanks. It is a pleasure to have the both of you on here. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. We're going to get into it and talk about it. Andrew, I want to start with you. Um, 2010 is when the right. the reef came out by you. What led you to sort of revisit the story again? Yeah, um, the main impetus was that I really. Um, wanted to do something that was a bit more elevated and a little bit more thoughtful in that genre. Like a lot of people since then have sort of offered me shark scripts, but they've been all kind of bit B gradey sort of, you know, just chomp them up um, body count type films. And I went and saw this play called Lethal Indifference, which is all about domestic abuse. And, and that really stayed with me. And at the same time, I'm a surfer and I know that surfers call sharks, the man in the gray suit. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized that if I, those two ideas came together that that might be a really interesting story about a shark. So I just, yeah, those two things came together and I just started getting very excited that I could maybe make a more allegorical film about a shark. And that's what I did. I sat down and wrote it. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit more as the show goes on. Now, uh, Teresa, the, you play Nick uh, in the movie, uh, who's part of a very tight knit group of friends who suffers a traumatic experience in the very beginnings of the film. Um, as the film progresses, as an actor, what challenges did that present for you, having to play somebody who just suffered through a horrific event and is obviously suffering through PTSD? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was an emotionally and physically exhausting experience throughout, just because the emotional level that she had to be at every day and throughout pretty much each scene. It was just something that the body actually experiences. You know, we know it's acting, but it's just something the body doesn't know the difference yeah. is kind of the way that it feels. So I, it got to a point where I remember like I was like, when I was speaking to people back home or anything, I just said it, it honestly feels like I've, I'm genuinely mourning someone almost like going to a funeral every day like that, just crying your eyes out every day. That's, pretty much how it felt mm -hmm. um yeah but but i was lucky to have the support like particularly the cast members and everyone they really were there and it's just an awesome group of people it sounds that way now andrew i mean teresa's mm -hmm. really hit the nail on the head there's a lot of scenes in this movie where you do a lot of close-ups on her face and you could just see the sheer terror that she is going through did you two really have to work close together to get it just the way you wanted it um, well, the way I kind of work, and and um, I hope this worked for Teresa, was that um, we have um, a week or so pre the shoot where I get together the cast and we block everything. We do a table read, obviously, and, we, and that's where I'm trying to give them the character. I'm trying to say, this is yours now. I wrote it, but you are now going to be the person that is this character, and I want you to own it. And so, um, you know, I feel in that time we did a lot of talking and thinking and discussing um, when we were in the water, it was so fast. We just had to get through that footage so fast that it was really um, 
we, there wasn't a lot of time for deep discussion, but luckily Teresa is so, so clever at uh, acting and doing what she did that it didn't take a lot to nuance yeah. the performance if I wasn't getting what I wanted. So, yeah, so it was really good we did that pre-work and then on set it was just a form of shorthand really. And Teresa, I got to say, you nailed it. I mean, we, as the audience, as I was watching this, we sort of felt the terror that you were going through and you carried it throughout the whole film. And I'm sure that was very challenging mm -hmm. for you. Andrew, The a lot of your films, uh, not a lot, but you're very, you, you've done a lot of films in the deep water, the ocean and so on. Mm -hmm. what, what attracts you? What, are, what draws you to doing that type of film? I think I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think to tell you the truth, it just all started from the fact that, you know, you Americans and most of the world see Australia as this place full of deep, dangerous animals, you know, sharks, crocodiles, snakes, spiders. And um, there's a certain exotica to that. And so that, that was attractive to people who want to see movies. And so, yeah, it started off with a crocodile and a shark. And I don't know, it seems that water has become this thing that I do. <laughs> you know, as an American, you know what they taught us in school about Australia? Stay what? on the coastal areas. If you go inland, you're going to be killed by a kangaroo, a snake, and <laughs> you name it. It's out there. But I want to go to Australia. I really do. Uh, now, Teresa, the majority of your scenes are in the water. Uh, how grueling was it for you during this shoot? It, it depended on the day, honestly. Sometimes if we were mostly out of water, it was really just dealing with the sun and the harshness of that for the length of days that it was. Um, but sometimes I think it was more the longer you were in the water, your body just really starts to react to that. Mm -hmm. And a few of us did get to that point of borderline like hypothermia or just the rocking of the water as well would be something to deal with. So I think it depended on the day, but it was one of those things we were so lucky being where we were that it was just at the end of every day, you had this amazing view and you kind of just had a way to ground and just be grateful for being there. It looked beautiful. It looked ab absolutely <laughs> stunning. Now, Andrew, you wrote this character, Nick, mm -hmm. who escapes uh, what she cannot confront, okay? Mm -hmm. When it comes to the shark and the situation that, nick and her friends have put in with the shark when it came for you to, when you were writing the script what did the shark represent to nick yeah so um as i said because surfers call uh sharks a man in the gray suit for me and hopefully for the, for the characters the shark is the man in the gray suit he is the 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 man back on the shore that is the abuser um, and they've got to outwit him. Um, so that's why the script in the third act takes the way it goes the way it does, you know, because uh, for me, what it was about was, um, you know, domestic abuse is not a simple thing. And all I could think of was to maybe that, you know, talking about it and also people collaborate. So I wanted these women to really collaborate together and by their sort of combined effort, they overcome this obstacle rather than one being, you know, the hero, the hero and, and, and the others just being the followers. So it was important for me that it was a collaborative effort and that it was, uh, you know, a triumphant ending. Yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, Teresa, would you say now, Nick, uh, as we see her character unfolding in the story, do you think she is more riddled by guilt that is driving her or the trauma that she has to personally witness 
being the first one on that scene? Yeah, I think mostly it, it for me it felt like it was that guilt because I don't think she is honestly thinking that far ahead to be like I need to overcome this. And I think those were the conversations that I was really grateful for with Andrew where we we constantly would come back to the point of she's not this superhero, she's this normal person, regular person who is just thrust into this situation and has to just make yeah. do with whatever she has at hand. So I, I feel like it was, yeah, everything was almost just a response in the moment rather than this, you know, getting to that final destination of being healed. So in your opinion, after that incident in the beginning, Nick did not have a long-term plan. She was sort of living, trying to survive minute by minute. Yeah, I think, and that was one of the good things of meeting with the girls at the beginning. We really wanted to understand why are we all coming to this place so soon after everything has happened? You know, where has Nick gone and why? And so for us, that decision to get back together was almost just to reconnect, mm -hmm. but we didn't necessarily know that like everything else that was going, going to come out in conversation. Andrew, did you, uh, I was kind of expecting this after the incident and we do a little time jump in the beginning of the film. I was expecting mm -hmm. to see six months later, one year later, but you sort of leave that blank. And I actually enjoyed that because you leave it up to the audience and we sort of gauge what the characters reactions are to see exactly guesstimate how much time has passed. Was that done on purpose by you? I'm not sure because um, actually in the film there's a thing that says nine months later, so you might have missed that. You might have been well. If, <laughs> if I I didn't miss it, if it's not there, it's not in the screener that I got. But it might be in All the right, final copy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the case. You yeah, know, there is a there is because we did think that could be confusing. Obviously, yeah. time has passed, but how much time? So we just and there was a lot of discussion. How long should it be? Um, so I kind of felt, yeah somewhere between six months and a year. So I kind of divided and made it nine months. Okay. Okay. Now with the exception, now Andrew, with the exception of Greg, uh, mm. it's a very unique all female cast. Uh, was mm. that your intention right from the onset when you sat down to write the script? Uh, maybe not from when I first sat down, but by the, certainly by the time I'd finished it, it was good that it was like that. I felt, um, because like I say, I wanted these women to help each other and that to be the solution. And, um, it felt kind of strange introducing uh, a male voice to that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was intentional. Now, Teresa, uh, is there anything that you see in your character, Nick, when you read the script, when you spoke to Andrew, that you personally latched onto and maybe could relate that helped you play the character? Yeah, and this is something that I think I realized really early on as I was even just beginning the script, I think particularly with her losing someone so close to her. That's something that I already felt that I could relate to, but I know so many other people can as well. And I think the more that I got into the script and realizing how she was, there, there are the different stages of grief that were happening. And I, and I could see that and recognize that. But also I liked the fact that she, like we were talking about before, she wasn't necessarily saying, I'm going to conquer this thing that's happening within me. I think she's just, every day she's trying and I think that was really important to me that she was kept trying to show up and she wanted to reconnect and her connection to family was really important to me that's something that I could really relate to and I know in our first chat with Andrew I was like 
I understand the middle child aspect as well <laughs> because you know this thing of having this larger than life idea of an older sister and you just look to them for everything you learn everything from them and attach your identity to them and then the loss of that was huge so i just think yeah having that really close relationship with siblings and family was really important uh, yeah i completely agree andrew how how pivotal was it to put nick in a situation having a personality where she runs instead of confronting her trauma or her fear, but instead trapping her where she has no other option, but to try to work it out, confront it, fight it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I guess I'm a big believer that um, fear grows the more you avoid the situation. And so really the answer, if you can do it is to try and face your fears and that was sort of where, you know, by Nick not facing, you know, being able to go to the funeral. And of course, it's not just that she's in fear, there's all these other emotions, but just the fact that she couldn't go there really would have eaten at her, I think, and and made her, you know, guilty as we find out later and, and feel bad about herself. So she's now got this whole cocktail of problems, which is, you know, um, she's got PTSD and she's also feeling incredibly bad about her actions of not actually being able to attend the funeral. So that is you know very potent and then by putting her in a situation where she is faced with the situations that she was running away from basically yeah uh, yeah she's confronted and by confronting it obviously for me that was the healing now teresa there's a big moment between nick and uh the younger sister your younger sister annie where she confronts you says you don't know me uh just you know what she's been holding in she she tells you right out there right then and there um and that look that really got to you that really got to nick uh what what do you think the comment from man for manny what part of her statement really affected nick that deeply that having her own sister accuse her of leaving her abandoning her running away and so on yeah, I, I think a lot of it was she knows all of this and it's one of those things where it's almost like if she doesn't think about it, it's not the case. And I think having someone who in her eyes for her whole life has been this this baby really and not really looking to her for anything of like responsibility or any of that and then realising that Nick has just kind of taken this huge step out of the family dynamic and just left everything to her i think it was just this it's like a gut punch or something you know it just yeah. having someone just put in front of you everything you've done wrong yeah. and all the people that you care about the most they're the ones you've hurt i think that was just everything just came together at once uh yeah absolutely now andrew uh and the film's climax with uh yeah. teresa nick in the water and the shark coming face to face uh by the way, I mean, that was an awesome sequence of events. Uh, was that difficult for you to shoot? How much of it was CGI? How much of it was props? Without giving away what happens, I mean, how difficult was that? I want to hear both it your was, perspectives it was, on it that. It was difficult. I mean, we're in water again, so <laughs> water equals difficult. Um, but, you know, what was great about that was that whilst we had reduced uh crew and, and and you know we were in a limited situation everyone really pulled together and really gave it their all and and i think you're right like uh, to tell you the truth uh, john at the beginning i was very fearful of that scene that's probably the scene i feared the most because i thought how are we going to trap a shark in a net and make it look real and 
but actually seeing the film, I, I, I think that scene plays really well. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Teresa and, and um, Saskia and it just, it's just, yeah, I, I quite like it now. So I'm, I'm very happy about it. Um, and that was probably the only time in the whole part of the film we actually used, you know, because you can't trap a real white water yeah. in a net because of a protected species. We used a physical model, yeah. So, Teresa, tell us, were you, did Andrew have you in the ocean? Were you guys in a tank, a pool? How was that shot? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying to everyone, aside from a couple of quick shots that we needed to get later on, 99%, maybe 99.5 of this was out in the ocean. Wow. So, yeah every day <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah so what did he give yeah. you to, you know when he came to the shark and we're not going to give away but it, like i said it was pretty awesome how it went down what did you have to work with uh was it a, a dummy shark that it, that they put right there for you i mean what did they mm. put in its place yeah, I mean, it, it kind of varied depending on what the scene was. If it was something that we weren't necessarily needing to see in shot, we were just kind of given a point of reference of where to look. Uh, we would have, I guess, different things to sometimes respond to. Um, I don't want to give away too many of the secrets, but th there was generally either a place to look or we had something to look at that was moving. and. Once you're out in the water and anything is sort of popping up from under the water, it's really easy for the, the fear to kind of kick in. Absolutely. Now, Andrew, you know, when you're doing any kind of shark movie these days, of course, the gold standard you're going to be measured up against is Jaws. Sure. You yeah. know? Uh, so as a director and a writer, what do you do to keep the shark story fresh? Sure. Uh, look, to start off with, yeah, I'm a huge admirer of Jaws. I mean, I think, you know, we all have to say that that was a brilliant film that really did well for itself. And it was a great thrilling ride. Um, but my whole approach is, you, you know, you don't want to go up against the 100 pound gorilla, you want to do something different. Um, so it was about keeping it real. Um, that's why we use real sharks. Uh, the majority of the time, it's about keeping the acting real and, and the situation, the location. So it's all about trying to make it as real as possible. You know, my reaction to these films when I originally started was basically, why are these people making these um, really ridiculous, almost spoofs with 3D animals that don't look any real and packed as against green screen and we can pick it all. So I kind of figured I want to do something that is serious or at least um you know um worthy of of telling a story in a way that you know isn't just a b-grade joke or something so yeah. yeah for me it's all about you know honoring jaws but not actually trying to be jaws at all going the opposite way about realism yeah uh, definitely now teresa we're almost out of time but i do want to ask you one last question in this kind of movie where the characters are running on emotions adrenaline is running and you have Andrew directing. Uh, was it more Andrew trying to maintain control of everyone and directing, making sure, you know, to keep serenity in a chaotic situation? Or was it you and your castmates sort of helping each other out? Yeah, um, I think, it again, it kind of depended on what was needed for the day. So it was because some scenes or some days were heavier than others. Uh, but a lot of the time it was really just a quick group chat before we headed out into the water. And then at that point, we were kind of in separate areas uh, because of we needed to be out and looking pretty isolated. So 
Yeah, a big part of it was the the cast. Like we were really lucky to have that dynamic within the group where once we were out there, it was a lot of just checking in with each other. Okay, which, which scene are we definitely doing right now? And, you know, trying to make sure that it felt as real as possible. Okay. Andrew, I know that I said that would be the last question, but do yeah, you yeah. think uh, this would uh, franchise might continue or this might be it for The Reef? Uh, well, I didn't ever think I'd do a second shark film um, so um, it really depends on the quality of the script that comes across the table so you know if there was something enough. that was Fair you enough. know really made me feel as elevated interesting sure but um yeah that's fair know. enough. I want to thank the both of you. Uh, again, the writer, director, Andrew Trotsky and Teresa Leanne. The movie, guys, is called The Reef Stock. It is coming out tomorrow, July 29th. 29th. Select theaters, video on demand, digital, and streaming on Shutter. I want to thank the both of you for coming on here and sharing your stories. Thank you so much. Uh, the movie is very enjoyable. It's going to do very well. Uh, thank mm. you again so much. Do you have any of you want to have uh, any final thoughts you want to share? I'll leave that to Andrew. <laughs> well, I just like to, um, you know, thank you, John, for talking to us. And uh, yeah, I really hope the film people enjoy it and um, they, you know, they get a thrilling, tense ride and leave the cinema with a bit of, you know, something to think about. Absolutely. I want to thank our audience, those who have tuned in live and those who will be watching this. Later on, on behalf of Teresa and Andrew and myself, stay safe. Check out the movie. Again, The Restock coming out tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay walking. Good night, everybody. Thank you.